We have to have empathy and add value to our conversations with our potential customer. No platitudes. Don't be disingenuous. Don't be aggressive. Don't make people uncomfortable. It's not easy to get right. But that's what I think a great seller is. You're listening to KBCast, the cybersecurity podcast for all executives. Cutting through the jargon and hype to understand the landscape where risk and technology meet. Now, here's your host, Carissa Breen. Joining me today is Daniel Kent, a 17-year cybersecurity sales professional now working for CrowdStrike. A quick disclaimer, opinions are Dan's own and don't necessarily represent the view of CrowdStrike. Dan, thank you so much for joining. It's wonderful to have you here on the show today. It's great to be here, KB. Now, as I alluded to in your introduction, you've been in the game 17 years, right? That's a pretty long time, especially in any sort of tech-related role or any cybersecurity role. So I really want to start there. So what have you sort of seen change over time in your tenure in the space? Uh, so much. It's okay, V. It's been, uh, I, st- I started out in this industry and many people in, in IT do by by chance you kind of fall into a role it's it's what's available at the time i turned up in australia with 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 some it background in in telecommunications and fell into information technology now the cybersecurity industry looking at positioning remote access solutions and and spam solutions and really we we saw back then and that would be yeah like 17 years ago now, that, that people were concerned from a security point of view with what impacted users. So back then it was, man, we're getting so much spam in my inbox. This stuff's driving me crazy. CEO would get it. You know, other areas of the business would get it. So the investment would be made in, in, into those technologies to stop that stuff. And that's, that's where I started. And, and then from a business point of view, the idea that yeah, you can work remotely, which we now laugh about because we do it all the time. But but then it it wasn't so common, and having um, the capability to access a network, the physical location, and the assets and applications in those networks was um, was was not straightforward. It required it required a specific piece of technology, and those have now been rolled up into firewalls. We know all about that stuff from from the the technical side of things, but you know. We, we've seen that was then, and things progressed from that that point. You know, the computer was in the physical location to begin with. The the actual processing computer moved out of the network, and now we see it in the cloud. And I think one of the big changes, you know, from a, a security standpoint, is that that the controls around those cloud cloud workloads those have those haven't necessarily left the network with them. I know we have a lot of Technologies out there, the, the the cloud access security broker space and posture management are, are out there, but um, I don't think a lot of organisations have really lifted and shifted particularly well with security in mind. I think we in in Australia we're still we're still struggling behind behind the eight ball on, on that piece. I think things are changing with 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 you know the recent breaches we've seen in in market with. Um, with Optus, of course, and with with Medibank, you know, there's been a, a large cloud component there, and yeah, we we are seeing a, a greater focus on those those pieces, and you know, I, I, we're seeing to market now. You know, what can what can an adversary see from of our network from an external perspective? That's 
that's a big conversation these days. So, and yeah, I think, I think the, yeah, with, with the, the heightened focus on, on security, we're now, we're mentioned in the board all the time. We're the top of the risk registers in, in, in the space. It's, it's changed a lot from 17 years ago when, when you just got irritated users phoning the IT manager saying, what is all this spam? It's driving me crazy. Now, with data breaches out there in, in, in Medibank and, and Optus, we're seeing the loss of, of, of PII and, and my own particular focus is, is on healthcare and you know, the prevention of loss of healthcare information, I think is the most important area. We can't reset your, your medical records. You can change a, a credit card and, and people knowing about your medical history, he couldn't get more more private. So yeah, the stakes are much higher than they used to be. That, that's that's for sure, KB. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think like now, even with this downturn, cybersecurity is still front of mind for people. So it, that may necessarily not get reduced in terms of spend. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens 2023 and beyond. So unfortunately, maybe these situations had to have occurred for people to start paying a bit more attention, which they absolutely are now. So thank you very much for, and I know that was obviously a very quick rendition <laughs> of your version of 17 years, but I really appreciate you know, hearing it from you and hearing how, how far the industry has come along because there are a lot of new people in the space that want to understand where security sort of started to, to where it is now. And, I, and I, you know, obviously it's been, it's been longer than that, but I think just having a little bit of insight is, is very interesting. So as you know, cybersecurity is a very small industry, especially if you're here in Australia. So burning bridges is not ideal, but it happens. So my question to you, Dan, is why? This is, this is, this is a doozy, AB, of a question. What we've seen in the growth of the Australian cybersecurity market and, and how the go-to market of the vendors and resellers and consultants and people who go out out to market there, it was incredibly fragmented. Right? Yeah, there was there was a lot of small boutique, you know, one man shops out there servicing quite large organizations. And, and we've obviously seen a lot of consolidation in in that marketplace. You've got the big four players buying smaller boutique organizations and these boutique organizations getting together and forming yeah, a larger conglomerate to, to deliver a bigger outcome. Oh, well, that's the theory anyway. But <clears throat> the key is, is, is relationship, I think, here. You know, not all of these people got on together. And, um, and, and the key question in selling is there's a finite market. Australia is not the largest market in the world. There may be a small industry, but there's still, there is still so many players in the space chasing after the same, same people. And, and yeah, I feel for the CISOs and security managers and even technical people out there. You know, salespeople are phoning them all the time. What a, a lot of noise. So, you know, the key is that um, salespeople have targets. That's a reality of it. You know, we're, we're, paid, to, we're paid to make money for our organizations but to deliver our service and outcome to our, our customers. And to cut through that noise takes, A, it takes will of, will of effort to be able to, to, to get, get into the meeting in the first place, to position your solution. And, and this is where, you know, where, where, where things get a little, little tricky. Um, people will, will be disingenuous to, to, to get their outcome. They will 
make promises that, that their organizations can't keep or, or, or make, make a, a technical promise that their, their, their solution doesn't necessarily deliver. And thankfully, things may have changed a little bit in, in some ways. And maybe the, the, the slight downturn we've seen, we've seen the sales cycle slowing down. And, and as organizations, we're having to prove ourselves a, a, great, deal, a great deal more. But at the end of it all, you know, it, it is human interaction that counts and, and, and trust and relationships and with your peers and with your customers and, and developing that is, is, is critical. And it's a tough one, right? You, you know, some people will, will, will do whatever it takes to get the sale and, 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 and act unethically to, to do that. I struggle with that, right? I've always has done KB. It's you've known me for many, many years, and would I be, you know, a lot wealthier because <laughs> because of it? Probably, but you know, was it the you know one of our partner customer par- parties last night? You know exactly who, and it was it was actually overwhelming how how positive a, a response people who I hadn't seen for many years because of the COVID situation. Well, hi Dan, it's amazing to see you. And uh, what one client actually pulled out his phone, looked up my name, and saw emails going back to 2007. And you know, we had a great a great catch up. And he he had his security lead. He was the the head of infrastructure. And, and you know, they they're a customer of ours at the moment. I won't say who, of course, but they 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 are very happy. And and. and yeah, we were we were into a meaningful discussion immediately, and and there was that trust. We we under he understands that I'm, I've been focused in this cyberspace and and delivering outcomes for our customers, and that's that's what what it comes down to, you know. And you know, people do burn bridges; they ultimately get found out in the end. Yeah, one of you know, maybe this leads into some of your other questions, but you know, one of one of my clients that said to me in the lift one day, yeah, then you know. That's the throat I choke if it goes wrong, and that's 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 sounds like a really tough statement. But he, this person in that organization, is backing backing me and what I'm saying as a representative of a particular organization that that, that what we, would, we we're going to do is deliver what we yeah we're going to deliver what we say we're going to do, and 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 yeah that that comes with the responsibility personal responsibility to 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 drive the outcome internally in your own organization and to, just to have that key key relationship with that other person people that burn bridges i've seen heard vendor stories over the years of people who who do that we know who they are they get found out in the end and i like to to go to to bed at night yeah sleeping soundly without without a guilty conscience and i, I you know i think that some people are out there uh, probably don't. Yeah, I'm the same opinion. I like to sleep at night uh, comfortably as well. There's so many things in there I want to explore a little bit more. So do you think, now, when I first started in a bank, some of those people who were, you know, middle management, they're now in a senior position. And it's like, hey, I remember you from like, you know, a decade ago, like, let's, let's do something, let's talk about something. Do you think that people out there, though, forget that people rise and fall all the time and tables turn, right? Like just because someone may be a junior to you, they may sort of surpass you quite rapidly. And I think that rattles people a little bit. And I think that this is where it comes into the relationship side of things. You just don't know where people are going to end up. 
So I guess if you're burning someone, whether it's up the chain or quote unquote down the chain, could have massive ramifications. And I don't know if people really sit there and think about that all that much sometimes, which is why I really value your philosophy, how you've operated in a very tough industry. And yes, there are more salespeople, that type of thing now, it's harder. But do you think people just at the end of the day don't think about, well, actually, this person may go somewhere and I may need something from them one day. And so maybe I should think twice about burning the bridge with them, right? So you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know who you're going to meet in the next next interaction. Uh, again, yesterday evening, people I bumped into, they're not going to be my customer today, but senior managers of, of a financial institution. Hi, Dan, great to see you. He didn't realize that his technical lead who was with me, worked with me 16 years ago. The guy comes in, gives me a huge hug. Wonderful to see you. And he, you know, he did that finger pointing between you. Hey, I didn't know about this. Yeah, and I've got, of course not. I mean, much as we had a relationship already, it becomes part of the family. And I think, I think that's, that's, that's key to this whole cybersecurity thing is that, yes, of course, you know, trust and verify technology and solutions, but also the people. And that comes from brokering that trust. What do you think about that person or this person? If you're coming into the, my game, into, into selling, you are naive to think that customers don't talk to each other. They do, okay? And you know, what, did you, what was your experience of this vendor or this person? They, they know. They know who they can trust, and, and they'll, they'll suss things out. And it'll come to bite you in the bum in the end if you don't do the right thing, I think. You know, if, if people, I'm with you. Yeah, I, 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 it sounds simplistic, and maybe this is this this all does sound so, so simple to me. But yeah, it's it's playing playing with a straight bat as often as you can. We've seen people over the years, KB, who who don't op- operate from a position of truth. You know, for one thing, you you would have to remember all the lies you've told over the years to not be caught out. Just doesn't seem very smart to me. Mm. Yeah, oh, beyond. I'm of the same opinion. And again, it leads back to people rise and fall all the time. And I think you are right. People do talk. I mean, people do a lot of quote unquote off the record sort of, what do you think of this company? What do you think of this person? And, you know, if the person wasn't nice to me, I'm just going to say this was my experience. And at the end of the day, what do people remember? They don't remember necessarily the conversation they had with you three weeks ago, but they're going to be like, you know what? Don't really remember. But I remember Dan was a really nice person and that's the main thing. You were nice, you weren't rude, you weren't arrogant and that's the sentiment you want to leave people with. And it does seem evident and obvious but it's definitely not to people. And again, I think the other thing is what you'll find, especially if you focus on the Australian market, is the people that maybe aren't as well respected or aren't as nice or aren't as, you know, delivering what they say they're going to deliver, you'll often find other people share the exact same view. I've seen that happen. I mean, it's not, you know, a common thing, but it does happen that you'll start to see the same people think the same thing that you think. So clearly there's obviously a problem with the common denominator and it's probably not you, it's probably the other person. And I think that that's something I've been very conscious of as well is always you know, playing the long game, even if that means losing more than you're winning. And I'd like to sort of, you know, that's why I want to bring you on the show today, because I want to engender that into other people, and not just salespeople, all types of people as well, because I've worked on a client side. I've worked on every single side. 
And so what you'll find is when you're on the client side, everyone wants to know you, especially when you're working for a big bank with lots of money, and then you go on the yeah. other side and then no one wants to know you, right? Changes. So yeah. I think that, and then when you go out to being an entrepreneur, it changes again. So I think that these are the things, these are the reality of when you're working multiple sides, what, how people perceive you and also, you know, and not, and not having people walk all over you as well. So I think that these are the things that I often think about at the end of the day and, you know, what people have done right by me as a person, but also right by other people as well. And like I said, you'll often find that the the same sort of reoffenders will keep appearing. But I think over time that will just get you nowhere. And I think that this is something that doing always the right thing, always happy to help people, even if it means not getting a deal in the end, because if you do the right thing and you are happy to help, maybe in 12 months time when the buying cycle comes around, they're going to call you Dan yeah. because you've done the right thing. Yeah, that's right. I've, I've, we call them coin-operated sellers, right? You know, they'll only talk to you if there's something, something going, on, going on in the business. That's not right. Now you're, you're there to maintain a, a relationship and that 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 is built on on trust it's sometimes it's you know, it, it's an interesting change that I, i've had in in my my career i've worked in the, the sort of the consulting reselling side of security and have moved into the vendor and i now work for you know, an international vendor who has um a great deal you know, a lot of success in 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 the market that we that we operate in and and there is a different different perspective on you from those people who've never met you before, right? So you do come with the brand that you're attached to, that's true. But mm. but it's your execution as an individual that they remember. Yeah, you know, and that and hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that 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 I've seen with. With with my clients, yeah, I, I I'm open with them. If we if we are a customer is buying a thing to fix a problem within within their network, right? That's that's what they're there to do to drive that particular outcome, and and often that means buying a technology or a service to be able to fulfill that. As a salesperson, your job is to find that thing out and to to quickly understand if if we're the right people for them or not. And to do it quickly, in a in a in a polite and kind manner, asking those right questions. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah, and 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 I think you back to your point about not trying to force a thing just because somebody's had a conversation with you. I was hearing this yesterday, actually. Someone's had a conversation with you, and they're really interested in your technology, but they they ultimately have no no authority within the organization to. To, to take any action or move forward with it. They're just technically really interested. That's fine, right? There's the internet for research. Uh, there really is. You, know, you have to handle that situation with, with, with a certain level of decorum. You say, hey, look, you know, we're really glad you're interested in our technology. If you can't introduce us to the right people to take this forward, you know, we'll give you a community edition of this version maybe. or that, yeah, you, you got to do do the right things. They, they, there has to be a two way street because it's it is we are here mm. for for business, but you also got to be there for the person as well. And and handling that with with sensitivity to to the needs of that person. Yeah, if you see, for example, you know, a young person, a graduate's come out. We've had this all the time, right? 
graduates come out of university, they're in cybersecurity, they want to look at technology. They don't necessarily understand that, that unfortunately, I have a sales target to hit. I will give them my time, always, always give them my time and share my experience and point people in the right direction. To your point, KB, because they may be a buyer tomorrow, but you would you wouldn't you wouldn't shut them down, and oh. at, at, at all. That's where I think a lot of people do shut people down, though. They're like, oh well, you know, you're not, you're some junior person, but it's like, you know, three years could go quite five years goes quickly, right? And so it's like, okay, well, maybe not then, but maybe they are now because you were nice to them and, and and being genuine about it as well, not just being nice to them for the sake of being nice to them, actually being helpful. I do believe in business karma as well, absolutely. And I think business that- Business karma is a great right phrase, thing. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I just don't think people have that, have that same philosophy. But then here's the other thing that gets me a little bit too. And I've said to people, look, I'll, I'll give you five size those numbers right now. Guarantee you, if you called them and you said, hi, my name's so-and-so from so-and-so company, they would probably blacklist you. They'd be like, why are you calling me? I don't like you, and now I don't like you. Yeah, that's right. Straight away. That's right. So it's like you have to build the trust. Like even if I gave you these people's numbers, doesn't mean they're going to buy from you. So how are you going to go about building the trust about you, you as an individual, but also your company as well? At the end of the day, you may get fired from that company, and you still are you at the end of the day. So are you going to make decisions based on what a company tells you to do because you've got a sales target hanging over your head, which I understand, and I get that. But you always need to operate from that level of integrity. And I think that sometimes it may mean you need to leave an organization because they want you to do things that may not be right, yeah. especially I have. because your you brand stays with you forever. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is the part that upsets me though. But however, what makes me do, you know, what, what makes me sort of sleep a little bit better is there's more players in this space now. So these companies that were doing the wrong thing, whether they are still doing it or not doing it, they will start to lose. And I think that these are the, you know, the way in which some of these companies out there operate, I really don't agree with. And I'm quite happy to say that. I don't like their ethics. I don't like how they treat their people. I don't like how they treat customers and just people in general. Like there are going to be someone else that comes in the market that actually does the right thing and they'll just dominate. And I think those are the people that I want to talk to. And these are the people that I think need to be more acknowledged in the space. And I just think that this is a bit of a reality check for people out there that are in sales or wherever that. This is a long game. And as you know, Dan, like sales cycles used to be 12 months. They're getting into 18 to 24 months now. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. It takes sure. a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, it's I've not engaged, like you're buying engaged a widget. No, it, it's, well, it's not that you're buying a widget. The, the, the challenge in, in sales cycles, it's not the technology, right? It, technology, believe it or not, yes, it, it, it has complexities, but it's time, it's effort, it's energy to make a change. And you know, I'm an enterprise seller, which means there are so many moving parts, so many stakeholders involved in, in any single decision. Nobody wants to get it wrong. And yet, and no. yet people do get it wrong, right? And, and that's, that's, it's, it's astounding when, when, a, when a, a decision is made by a committee, I really think nine times out of 10, well, maybe that's a high number. It's not always the right decision. The right decision is based on based on experience, understanding, and application of that understanding from from your prior experience to this environment. That's why that's why an experienced CISO is gold. Somebody who knows knows the market, knows what technology actually does, 
And, and if there's a, ch- a challenge in its own right to become a CISO, you need to usually be city- having you know, risen through the ranks of a particular organization. That, that, I don't know what you see in, in that, that space, but that, that to be a CISO, you, you would have need to have been you know, on the front lines, an analyst, you've ro- risen through those ranks, and, and you, 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 you have a, a cloistered view of the world because you see one organization. You don't see what's out there. And, and this is, the, I guess, one of the, the upsides of, of being a seller is that we have such broad exposure to different businesses, different challenges in those businesses, and we can bring those to, to a conversation. And, and that's, that's important, I think, for, for that, that interaction between the seller and the CISO and the senior, senior decision makers in, in these organizations. And sometimes I feel that, that that's quite a hard proposition to stand up with, with, with a customer because you know, the assumption is you're, 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 you're coin-operated. There's something in this. But you know, it should naturally flow in a conversation. That, that as, as you understand the other person's motivations, the challenges that they face, that you, you, know, you know what they need. And, and then you can genuinely turn around and say, well, hey, you know, this is what we do in this space. Did you want to have a look at that as well? And, and it becomes a, a more natural conversation than, than rather than, hi, hi, Mr. X, I'm calling from you know, company Y, would you like to buy my things at the beginning of a, a, a cold call? It doesn't work. Yeah, well, yeah. I did a cold call once and never, ever <laughs> again, ever. I'm with you. And, the, and, the, and this is the thing that this is the thing I think people don't really understand. And it's hard because you're in a sales environment and you've got some big target. And that's why people do desperate things. Like I have empathy for both sides. It's not just all on the sellers, on your sales reps. It's actually the companies that come up with this arbitrary number. It's like, oh, you're going to hit this number. It's like, yeah, actually, I'm probably not because sales cycles could take 18 months, 24 months in that particular, if it's an enterprise client in that particular sector, I may not get there. So you need to have a bit of, there needs to be a reality on both sides, I think. And then I think people feel really under pressure, and I've spoken about this on the show before, then people end up having like mental health yeah. issues, have massive amounts of anxiety. So it's, it's just, it's, yeah, I'm just not a fan of it. I think we really need to change the way companies are putting sales targets on people, but also how we're going mm-hmm. out in the market to get those sales. So one of the things I want to explore now with you, Dan, yeah. is playing the long game. Now, what does this mean to you, though, specifically? You sort of touched on it a little bit now, but I really want to get this from you directly because you are someone who sort of, you know, you wear your heart on your sleeve and I really respect that about you and I really love that about you. You are a genuine person. And I know for a fact that, yes, you have left organizations because there were things that you didn't agree with ethically and I'm, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. So I think that you've obviously have always led with the long game. So I'm keen to to hand it over to you to understand more about what that means for okay. you. Okay, I I think the the long game for me, I yeah, you, this is this will be my first time of a voice probably being published on the internet, right? I there are there are people who are who are out there who are forthright, who are media savvy, social media players. My my goal is has never been to be at the front. Mine's a supporting function. It might be people think that, oh, you're a cybersecurity sales executive. That must be 
really exciting. You know, you know, when you're at that that barbecue and people say that must be really, really what an exciting job. You know, it's 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 a job, right? It's it it is it is a job that that takes it takes discipline, right? And and the long the long game, if you like, is 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 an acknowledgement of of each person that you have an interaction with. I, I really, really deeply, deeply believe that. And yeah, people, yeah, it's the truthfulness, yeah, is, is ultimately more important than the, the final financial reward. You don't want to burn that relationship. And, and sometimes I've, you know, I've, I've made mistakes and I still do. You know, I'm, I'm, I am human. I've made one, made one recently in a boardroom pushing, shall we say, for, for, for a, a conversation around around what I thought was a burning issue, and, and you know, I still stand by it, but you know, it it put the client into a, a kind of a not okay state. Okay, they weren't they weren't happy with with the conversation. Didn't matter that I was you know right about the subject. The client was not happy. Now, other people who 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 may do such a thing, I, I like to think that I've hopefully made it up with with these guys i took a bit of a a rap we've spoken since you know but i won't swear but the, the person <laughs> it actually said you know what the actual f dan mate what are you what do you like and and we kind of laughed we've moved on the the water's passed right other sellers in the industry they they might may turn up with you know, a, a really great you know sales methodology i got this real way of of talking to my customers. It's like an NLP tactic in a YouTube video, Ugh. that kind of thing, right? And I no, I can't that. deal with it either. And clients see through it. I won't, I won't quote them, but... Oh, 100%. Yeah. I remember someone asking me in an interview, like I was about 24 years of age, they're like, do you know what spin selling was? And I was like, no, yeah. I don't. They're like, well, that's their approach. And I obviously didn't get the job, but I've spoken to people now who are top, top sales people, whether they're, you know, they train sales people, they're like, that is ridiculous. So it's like, I hear what you're yeah. saying. And it just, honestly, I feel sick even. I know exactly what you mean. I can spot a disingenuous person from a mile off and I know exactly what you mean. And I, I think most people do see it, but still a lot of people don't. Yeah. Look, know your subject. I, I, one of my, it, it's funny being in this situation, know your subject. And I've, I've, Sharpen your saw on your on your sales methodology. I don't get me wrong; having one is is important. If you don't if you don't know what you're doing when you're sitting down in front of a, a customer, you probably shouldn't be there. Some poor guy ha- has made a hundred cold calls and and got you a meeting, and you're suddenly in a room and, and you don't know what you're talking about or don't know what what the questions to ask. You haven't prepared. You have to understand that. That meeting that you've got represents value and an opportunity to the person you're talking to and to the business you're representing. And it needs to be valued as, as somewhat somewhat sacrosanct in, in some ways. It sounds a bit sanctimonious, but it, it does. It's, it's a, a key business meeting. Someone's taken the time and effort to, to listen to what you have to say, and, and it's incumbent on you. Verify with the person that you're the right person I'm speaking to. Got a half an hour together to talk about this subject. Is that the right subject? If we're good, you know, if we're good for this subject and and there's some sort of interest here, maybe we'll have another chat or we'll speak to somebody else in the business. Is that all right? 
you know? Does it sound so bad? No, and, and that, that's, that's not hard to do, mm-hmm. right? Recognizing your, your position. You know, I have seniority in this, this business that I'm in, which is, which is amazing. I, I, I find it incredible sometimes, but that people have that faith in me to pay me the, pay me the salary right. that they pay me to do the job that I do. We're representative of a, a huge global organization to important businesses in Australia. I think that's wild, right? Yeah, it is wild. wild. It is wild. I mean, like I say, I look. No, but you obviously you can do the job, so that's what's wonderful. It's a tough job. Don't get me wrong. It's a tough job, but but you you need to prepare for it. It's like any other kind of job. Prepare for it. Who are we going to meet? Do your research. What is the organization we're talking to? Who is the person we're talking to? What kind of a person do we know about that? Person without being kind of creepy about it, you know, if someone just doesn't like talking to salespeople, then maybe bring in your technical person straight away. We want to talk about tech. Okay, let's do that. You've got to be able to read the signals, have have empathy, and you know, I think people mistake. Yeah, I think people mistake the the, the position of empathy in 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 an interaction. Very often, you know, you're told. You know, deep, deep things about an organization or the personal problems of, of someone within an organization because of those, those issues. You've been given, you know, you've, they've opened up their, their, their heart to you and their trust to you. Yeah. Treat, it with the, uh, treat it with the kid gloves and respect that it's deserved. And, and you'll probably find, I don't know if this is for me, you'll probably find that, yes, you know, there's a business relationship will, will come of it. And with with a bit of yeah, due diligence on 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 understanding the process of, of the business and working closely with that particular person to to, to champion your efforts when they when you're not there, there's a good chance that that, that a sale will happen, right? You don't it doesn't have to be forced. That's that's my my view on things. I'm not sure that answers the question, KB. <laughs> no, but it's just it's just a conversation. It's just about getting people's views, getting their opinions, and hopefully. People can take some of the interview away and start implementing it for themselves because you have been in the game a long time. You, you do have a tough job. I don't envy your job. I would be scared to do that job. <laughs> so I think that, you know, it, it, it's hard and it's not easy. So I think that you've obviously, like I said, you've got the long tenure. You've, you've, you've led with the long game, integrity, doing the right thing always, doing the right thing by the customer as well. That's something I often hear in the space is, you know, that guy was really, really great or that woman was really great because they did the right thing by the customer, not by the company, not by themselves and not by, oh, I've got a sales deal now. And this is the thing that gets me, whereas some people out there see someone as just a contact. No, that's a human being. It's a person. And I think that these are things that I think we're doing wrong. I think we need to be better. I think that, again, companies need to have a reality check on sales targets, and it's harder now. I'll, I'll, I'll comment on go that. And, Can I comment and... on that one for you on the sales target thing? Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I, it's just measuring up both sides. Sales targets are tough. Don't get me wrong. You know, we, we they're, they're set high, going to make it higher next year, all that stuff. The reason it happens is because businesses want to, exp- you know, they want to expand, they want to invest. They want to be able to to put a certain amount of trust in 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 the money that's going to come in the door, so that they can do those things. It's just one 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 aspect. You know, yes, we've got to police the the shareholders too. And, and you know, you know, I was thinking about this: the the change in um, 
the position of my thinking over the years, you know, I'm I'm fast fast knocking on the door of fifty shortly and still being in sales, you know, it's a young man's game and all that sort of that sort of stuff. But your perspective changes over time as well. And you know, before yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah, sitting in a in a in a reception on a on a on a white leather couch going into a meeting no idea why i'm there <laughs> we're going to talk about some security consulting that i didn't even really understand at the time and that was you know a good 15 15 years ago unprepared did i get the sale no <laughs> i don't think i did but now i'll, I'll walk into a to a meeting in a very different way and say hey look i understand you've been looking at our solution now if i were to to say to you we were successful you're looking at our technology or our service in your environment today how would you measure the the the, the impact of our technology in 6 months time yeah what what does success for that solution mean and that's a much more advanced question right it 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 causes it causes some cogs to kind of go around in in the mind because everything needs to be justified these days and and security is so top of mind, right? If we're talking about budgets being released and things, we, we, we need to have a, a more advanced conversation. How is this going to work for you if we, in your organization? You know, what is the problem we're fixing? And, and what, does, what does success look like? You know, those, that, that, yeah, it's a very different proposition. You know, we, we're dealing with very... Well, very, very intelligent people in the IT industry. And, you know, we have to have empathy and add value to our conversations with our, our potential customers. No platitudes. Don't be disingenuous. Don't be aggressive. And, and yeah, unlike I did in the earlier instance, don't make people uncomfortable. It's, it's not easy to get right. But, you know, that, that's what I think a great seller is. Yeah, and I think look, we could go on we could go on for hours and hours and hours about this because it's something that is I care about. And I understand like I said, I understand companies want to expand and all of that. I just think that sometimes maybe, you know, it's just very it's all well and good to just sort of put, you know, your finger in the wind and come up with a number sometimes, especially when you're dealing with, with companies that are just new here in Australia that I understand the market and how it is and how the sales cycles are. So I think that I just have empathy for both sides, for the for the customers. Because customers often come to me and say, tell the vendors to slow down on the selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only so much yeah, I can yeah. do. But then I also have empathy for the, the, the sellers or sales reps. And then I also understand the businesses, right? So I'm just, I'm just looking at all angles and my job is to be neutral about it, but to ask the questions mm-hmm. and ask hard questions, right? To get people to maybe consider things differently and to look differently you know, at how they're going about operating in the industry. So in terms of any sort of final thoughts yeah. or closing comments, Dan, is there anything that you'd like to leave our audience with today? Oh, yeah. Look, cybersecurity is an amazingly interesting place to be at the moment. I think we, we are at a, at a particular time in history even where, where it seems that cybersecurity is, is coming to the fore. We're, we're on the forefront of, of, of warfare even. I just look to, to, to people who, who are listening to this to really Look after your own, <laughs> your own interests, your own data, your own uh, online. Be be careful out there. Probably some advice for, for for would be sellers. And I was just thinking about what you're saying at the end. That if you're pressuring a timeline on a sale, 
you haven't done it right. Okay? You haven't worked at, at, at the compelling event. You haven't understood what, what's going on in the client if you're, if you're pushing your technology onto somebody there. But yeah, on the, on the overall view of things in, in all business, yeah, ethics first. Ethics first, have a framework that you work in. Be resilient. It's, it is tough out there. You know, doing the right things in the long run will re- reap rewards. And those rewards aren't always ma- material rewards. I, I, and I point to last night, they can, be, they can be someone happy to see you again and shake your hand and acknowledge you as a human being. Right, and yeah, that, that's that's the that's the core behind selling is that people say think you have an ulterior motive behind everything you that you do, and it's it's something I've struggled with for, for many many years. And if you do things the cor- in the correct manner, there there is no contradiction there. You become I've said this like a, a glorified customer services representative there to help. And if you genuinely mean it and, and providing value along the way, then then you then you're adding value to your client, and and that's that's what's important. That is what's important, and I think that's why I wanted to bring you on the show today to to have a really raw and real, honest conversation about yes, what you've seen, how you're going about things, how you are making the difference in the space, and how yeah, we don't use the pressure people to get that sale over the line for the quarter or whatever it is. I think it's just that the, the game's changed. Even in general, how people buy and sell products is fundamentally different and we need to start acknowledging that. So I really appreciate you taking the time out today to share your thoughts and your insights because, because again, this is a very interesting topic and one we could have gone on for hours with, but I think that this is something that I care about and it's something that I think more people need to start paying attention to. So I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jerry. KB. Thanks much. And look, I think you know, to, to your listeners, I hope it's been a uh, been value to them. You know, really appreciate your time, KB. Thank you. Thank you for me asking me to join you today. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you found today's episode useful and you took away a few key points. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get our latest episodes. This podcast is brought to you by MercSec, the specialists in security, search, and recruitment solutions. Visit MercSec.com to connect today. If you'd like to find out how KBI can help grow your cyber business, then please head over to kbi.digital. This podcast was brought to you by KBI.media, the voice of cyber.